Sadie's dad passed away when she was 11. He was in Turks and Caicos with his friends and dislocated his shoulder. He went to the hospital and they gave him a pain medication he was allergic to. Ultimately, the brain damage was too much. Sadie struggled a lot with this throughout middle and high school. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening in Apple Podcasts, can you please go to the show and leave a rating and review? I'd really appreciate it. And now, Sadie's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Excuse me, although today I don't have a daughter without a mom. Today I have a daughter without a dad. Um, Sadie and I met online through the Instagram community, and actually she said that she um, had a connection with Emily from the, the Invisible Wounds, and that Emily kind of introduced her to the podcast. So thank you, Emily, if you're listening, for connecting us together. Um, so Sadie, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and let you introduce yourself a little bit and then share the story of your dad. And then as always, I'll come back at the end with some questions, um, and we will take it from there. So thanks so much for being here. I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name's Sadie. I'm from a town just south of Boston. I'm 19 years old. And I guess I'll just get into my story. So my dad passed away when I was 11 years old. I'm 19, I think I already said that. Um, So it's been eight years. Um, Death has always been prevalent in my life ever since I was very young because my dad had experienced a lot of loss. So he was always making me aware of what he had lost. His father passed away when he was 14 and his older brother was 18 due to lung cancer. So I never had my grandpa, but he would always make sure that we knew who he was. And like on Memorial Day, he would have us fold his flag and just tell us about him. And then when I was three, um, my dad's only brother passed away. due to pancreatic cancer. He was in his late 40s. His kids were 11 and 14. So I wasn't aware when I was three years old what was happening, but as I grew up, it always was something my dad would talk about um, in like his grieving journey, losing his brother and his dad. And also there always was just a hole in the room without Um, an uncle there so but I never expected anything to happen to me even though it was so prevalent in my life I it also wasn't at the same time I was not expecting anything to ever happen to me Um, so when I was 11 well it was my 11th birthday February 4th 2014 Every year, my dad went away on vacation with his friends to Turks and Caicos, and it always fell around my birthday. So we celebrated a day early on February 3rd. Um, We went out to dinner, and weirdly enough, he actually said to us that night, I wrote a will and put it in my um, glove box in case anything is to happen to me. 
And so we didn't expect anything to happen, but he was just always worried that something would happen to him or to us. And so he went away, he left on my birthday, my 11th birthday. I went about my week as is, I would talk to him every now and then. And then on February 8th, we, it was a normal day. My mom, my sister, I have an older sister. She is four years older than me. So she was 14 at the time. We were at the mall and we came home and we were getting a call from my family friend who was on vacation with him. And he just, I remember he told my mom, like, are you sitting down? And he said, um, Bob, which is my dad, he got in a little accident. He hurt his shoulder and he's back at Boston getting treatment for it. And so my mom was confused why he told her to sit down, but he just made it seem so like it wasn't a big deal. He just hurt his shoulder. But she, my mom, I think, had a gut feeling. So she told my sister and I to stay home and called a neighbor who's a good friend of ours to come watch us. And this time is pretty blurry for me. I think for obviously because it was traumatic, but also because I was so young, I wasn't thinking in my head to remember these certain details. Now, if like I'm experiencing a death, I usually am hyper aware of like, remember this, take write down what they say, take a photo so I don't forget, but I really don't have much knowledge of the details of this. But I remember calling my mom that night when she was at the hospital and saying, like, can I talk to dad? And she just said, he's sleeping right now. He can't talk to you. And I think I kind of had a gut feeling that something was wrong because you would think that the first thing he would want to do when he was awake was to talk to us and he couldn't at all. So I had a gut feeling. and. I know people were trying to protect me, but I wish that people had been a little bit more honest with me about what was happening. Because even though I was young, I wasn't stupid and I knew what was happening. So then I think it was the following day, my mom stayed overnight and me, my sister and I went to the hospital and we were met by a social worker who pulled us into a room and just said, um, so your dad was away and, well, this is actually what happened. So my dad was away, he got in a car accident and he just, he dislocated his shoulder. Um, he walked into the hospital himself, he was fine. He just needed to get his shoulder set back into place. So he was at the hospital. I'm not, I'm still not hundred percent sure about all the details because I feel like those things are still kept for me a little bit, but I don't think any of his friends went with him to the hospital. He was with a lot of people and I don't think anybody went with him and they had given him a pain medication to like ease his pain. 
and he's allergic to shellfish and it was derived from shellfish. So he had an allergic reaction to it. And he told them, my throat's closing. And they gave him more of the pain medication and he went into cardiac arrest. And I don't, I don't think they ended up giving him like an EpiPen or anything like that. I actually learned that detail more recently that if they had just given him an EpiPen in the moment, he would have been fine. I always sort of thought it was too late by the time they found him, but I guess they, they knew when they found him, but they just didn't give him the right treatment. So then he was med flighted back to Boston to get better care. And he was in a coma because he had so much brain damage. So what the social worker said to us was basically he had a allergic reaction and he's in a coma and um, he could die. He might not like we're praying for a miracle. So they still were kind of given, giving us some hope. Everyone was like, he could live, he might die. People were basically telling us to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. And so I don't remember all the details of after meeting with the social worker, but then I think we went and saw him and he was in a coma, incoherent. So we couldn't really talk to him back and forth. Like I would talk to him, but again, he couldn't respond to me. And that week he was in a coma from the 8th and he passed away on the 13th. So it was like five days. And I had school that week and I still went to school cause I didn't understand what was happening. And I wish someone was like, Sadie, you don't have to go to school right now. You don't have to go do all these after school activities. It's okay if you wanna just either go to the hospital or be with him or stay home. Um, nobody was really giving me any advice. They just were like, yeah, go to school and maybe you can visit him later. So I'm pretty sure it was February 12th. We, my mom told my sister and I, that he wasn't gonna make it because there was way too much brain damage that they did all the tests and he couldn't breathe on his own. And I think what happened was his, I'm not sure all the technical terms, but his brain stem collapsed or something. Like his brain swelled so much that his stem collapsed. So um, we had to take him off life support. And that night my sister and I, my aunt and my uncle drove my sister and I to say goodbye to him. And I think I only visited him like three times total. Um, so I wasn't very aware the whole time what was happening. And on the way to say goodbye to him, this is just a little fun fact. Um, my dad always thought that the song calling all angels by train was a sign from his brother and his dad 
And on the way to my uncle's funeral, I guess it came on the radio. And then on the way to say goodbye to my dad, that song came on too, which was just, I always think about that still to this day. So that was amazing. And then we, we actually brought our dog too, to say goodbye. And that was a, I blocked out a lot of the details about that moment too, but I just remember having the room alone with him and saying goodbye and um, a tear shed, shed from his eye. So I hope he heard me and everything I had to say. And then I went to school the next day still. Um, and he passed away on February 13th. Um, this is also a little fun fact, but he was an organ donor since um, someone he knew needed a heart transplant and they never got it. So he decided to be one. And he actually had like the perfect situation since he had no illness or anything like that. He got to donate like all of his organs and February 14th, so Valentine's Day, it's also National Organ Donation Day. He donated um, everything. So I think 99 people got like, cause they also take skin tissue and smaller things. So I think he ended up helping 99 people, which was something that helps my family and I a lot, just knowing that he gave other people life meant a lot to us. And like thinking about, about the fact that someone got his heart on Valentine's Day, we always just love to think about that. It's just very special. So yeah, I went to school. I had a performance at school that night. I still did it. And I think that carrying on just as is ended up really hurting me because I didn't process what was happening and nobody was talking about what was going on with me. Um, no kids my age understood what was happening and I don't blame them at all because they're 11 years old. I wouldn't have known what to say or do either, but my friends didn't really know the right things to say or talk about it with me. So I ended up just holding everything in. And I am thankful for the people who did help me. I never want to take away from that, but there definitely was a lack of support with just talking about how I felt rather than just asking, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, because I had no one to talk to. And we had his funeral in his wake. I don't remember that at all, but I know it was a beautiful service. And then that summer I ended up getting a therapist, someone in my neighborhood knew of someone who was a therapist and they lost their dad at a young age too. And I think that that helped me a lot because it just gave me one person to talk to about how I felt. But I also was at a big transitional period. Um, it was time to go to middle school, which is a new school. 
and I was just at a big having a big transition so once I went to middle school I think a lot of it hit me but it was kind of getting blamed on oh I'm just depressed or oh I have anxiety nobody was really thinking that the ways I was hurting was due to my grief rather than like mental illnesses which I think personally think that grief complicated grief should be like a mental health issue in itself because I think that I was misdiagnosed so many times when really I just was grieving so I I think that it would have helped me a lot if people understood that because I was put into hospitals um, like five different times throughout middle and high school, middle school and high school. Um, but again, it all had to do with mental illness or addiction and things like that. But that was not not what I was struggling with. And still to this day, I don't have many close friends who have lost a parent or anyone close to them. Besides, like just like the small losses we all experience so finding Emily actually the invisible wounds was so helpful for me because it's just one person who I can talk to who I know will completely understand what I'm going through and we actually became really good friends just through social media and we talk about just signs and if we're feeling good if we're feeling bad if anything we feel I always reach out to her and just yeah she's been a really big blessing in my life um but I think that like I said I struggled a lot throughout high school and middle school missing school um I know my friends would say like oh you you're so angry like why are you so angry a month after I died, someone said to my mom, like, Sadie's acting like angry recently, but just nobody understood. I mean, I was very rightfully so angry. Like I had just lost my dad very wrongfully too, and was so preventable. So I think I did have a lot of built up anger inside of me, but yeah, we all grieve losses differently. and. There's no loss that's worse or better than the other. I think that each loss comes with different types of baggage. Losing a parent is um, hard at any age. I think that when I was young, it was hard because you rely on your parents so much and it's basically like splitting in half what you have as your parents and not only that but the parent who's left is trying to balance I'm so grateful for my mom but she's also trying to balance now being a single mom how can she give her energy to both my sister and I at the same time and that would definitely leave me at some points feeling like I had no parent she had to give her attention to my sister so there's so many different things that you grieve I don't think people realize that just the little um, challenges that you face day to day. I 
remember after my dad was the person who liked to cook in our house he was the one who cooked dinner breakfast made my lunches he loved to cook and then when he died it was like oh wait I have to cook dinner myself I have to cook breakfast myself my mom doesn't like to cook so that's always a whole triggering thing to me like having to cook dinner which sounds so simple and small but it's those things that really affect you when that happens and like he was the one who would help me with my homework and all of a sudden I had to find someone else to help me with that or get me he would sign me up for sports or help me with school forms or all those small things and plus a parent is just vital in growing up having that influence um I think it has led to a lot of insecurities feeling like I don't have someone to like protect me I feel like I have to protect myself a lot just has led to a lot of different challenges that I still face every single day so it's been really challenging but I feel like I'm finally kind of coming out the other side of like that really dark grieving time that happens you grieve forever obviously but I think I'm coming out of that just I don't know what you would call it just really hard grief because I've kind of learned what helps me and that I don't have to bury all my feelings and there's people who I can talk to even if it's just one person so um so something else that helped me a lot is I started doing EMDR therapy to kind of reprocess the trauma that happened to me because I buried it for so long and I think that doing that has just helped to heal myself and I can almost go through the loss again with a with not feeling like I'm in survival mode but more of a a logical brain it just has helped me a lot so yeah I recently lost my nana who was my dad's mom so now I have nobody on my dad's side of the family so that has been another thing I've been kind of dealing with because even though nothing will compare to losing my dad, um, just it's almost like a, she was the last bit of my dad I had left. And now there's nobody really to go to besides my aunt, who's my um, dad's brother's wife and their kid, their two kids. So it just is weird to not have people to go to and at the age of 19 it's like my dad's side of the family is completely gone but um I am grateful that I had them in my life and I like have learned so much from them even though it was from such a short period of time so yeah that's pretty much my story I have always experienced loss it's just been something that's so normal for me now but at the same time 
it's like I'm always fearing it because I, I never want I know the effects it has and I never want it to happen again but yeah that's pretty much my story hmm. well it definitely sounds like you've done a lot of work at the ripe old age of 19 Sadie I mean wow um the fact that you can voice that you feel like you're out of the 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 really deep pit of despair and that deep deep grief can you tell me what what emdr therapy is so i don't know the exact what it stands for but basically what it is is you do like eye movements that um i think it has something to do with like REM sleep how when you're in REM sleep it can like rewire your brain to like reprocess the trauma you went through it i think People do it who have PTSD a lot, who have like for, because for me, I forgot about a lot of the things that happened and it helped to, for me to remember them and realize the impacts it does have on my life, even if it's subconscious. And then it helps to kind of get your body out of that fight or flight survival mode. And so I'm not sure like all the technical terms of it, but I've been doing that recently and I've noticed a big change. So, And are you doing that with someone, like with a therapist? Yeah, a therapist. Okay. Wow. It's eye movement desensit- desensitization and reprocessing. Yes, that's what it stands yeah. for. Yeah, it says after traumatic situations, we can stay in shock with feelings of fear, anxiety, and panic. That is, your brain is so amazing, isn't it? It is. Isn't it that you can go through some sort of process like this that helps you re because what happens is we get into those grooves right our memory creates these grooves of how we associate to things and as long as we just keep going down that path it keeps reinforcing that groove and that that's that that's you know that's your association with that memory the fact that we can retrain our brains is amazing amazing obviously it will never like fully heal me right right but just it just helps my body to kind of not be so in fight or flight all the time not think I'm someone's gonna die at any moment or I need to always be on high alert it just has helped to like calm me and make me think more logically almost Mm -hmm. well that's a gift that you're going to use for the rest of your life because it really is. It really is. It really is. Um, because a lot of times, you know, uh, our emotions are feelings, but that doesn't mean that they're true, you know? And sometimes just because we, one of my favorite things is just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. That um, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But some people go through their whole lives and never, never rethink things or you know the fact that you're 19 and have this already in your tool belt for your grief tool belts on on how to um help handle your grief is phenomenal that's that's really really amazing thank you so much yeah because i'm unfortunately going to tell you i don't think grief goes away so you know you will be dealing with it I mean, I've been doing it with it, you know, it's my mom died and I was 13 since then. Um, and then even though, because, you know, you're, you'll be at a different age where things happen that, you know, your dad wasn't even around for, but even 
like I'm becoming an empty nester, I'm like, oh, my mom really never got to get to that point because she was a single mom raising two girls after my dad left. And so it will keep coming around, but there's a, there's a saying that I heard too about that you can't learn from a wound, but you can learn from a scar. So maybe that's where you're at. Maybe the scar tissue is starting to form over your wound. And then you can, you can look at it without such deep emotional, that, that energetic connection that you, like you said, you have a little bit more logical point of view, you know? I think that as long as someone's gone forever, you'll grieve forever. That's just how it's sadly going to go. And that's something I had to grieve too, realizing that I will be grieving the rest of my life. Yeah. 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 Um, But that doesn't mean that you have to be sad for the rest of your life, but it will always be a part of who you are. Um, And unfortunately, I think our society, you know, we try to, well, you're too young for this, but for my, my generation used to be for girls where sugar and spice and everything nice. And, you know, that whole toxic positivity thing and just put on a smile and everything will be okay. Well, not, no. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully I didn't have a lot of that toxic positivity. I just think people were, um, I don't know the word weren't understanding what was happening to me and were labeling it as so many different things. I wasn't getting the help I really needed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you went through that because, um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult when you have misdiagnoses and, you know, and perhaps are being treated for symptoms or for, for a disease that you didn't even really have you know that's that's got to be that's got to be hard and as I think I don't think people give grief enough credit they really don't Mm -hmm. it seems like something because we all we all are going to experience grief in our lives people really blow it off like it just happens in like a couple years after they pass away and then you get better but it really can do some damage on your brain and who you are as a person it impacts so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learned, so. mm-hmm. well I definitely want to you know reiterate, reiterate what you said in the beginning of I wish people had been more honest like that is something that I I have heard time and time again I don't know if you follow Randy from Grief and Grits but I, believe, I mean she's she's a little older than than I am so but I believe she lost her dad when she was 11. Yeah, and, follow her. Okay. So she talks about how, you know, she was told that heaven needed, needed another teacher instead of saying, you know, that her dad died and that we try to, you know, sugarcoat things with kids or like you said, still give them that glimmer of hope. Um, and I think, and, you know, I think kids are resilient, but like you said, kids are also not stupid. And even if we don't say it, they can still read the room as good as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you kids know what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think all that did was make me have to reprocess things as I got older and learned more details about what happened because I didn't know at the time, like I was saying, that if they had just given him an EpiPen, he would have been fine. So when I learned that, 
they actually it the nurses are very much so at fault it's not like they found him too late they just could have done so much stuff differently I had to completely reprocess that in my brain but I lost my dad eight years ago and I'm learning that now because nobody was honest with me and told me what had actually happened so and also I think like you acknowledge that there's things that your 11 year old brain couldn't comprehend anyways um you know mm-hmm. and so the one thing I would just encourage you to do as you do continue to get older and process things with your brain as it continues to get older too is to not judge yourself don't 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 use what you know now to judge yourself as how you acted as an 11 year old. Yeah. I feel you like know? I, my brain is either like 11 and younger, just innocent or like 50 years old. There's no in between because ever since I've been 11, I have felt like I'm 50 years old trying to survive like all of this loss And now I'm kind of at the point where my childhood is kind of over and I'm realizing, oh, my childhood's over and my dad wasn't there for any of that. And I can never get that back. I can never get high school and middle school and all the things that have happened in between then back. I think that's gonna happen my whole life. Each milestone, I'm gonna have to re-grieve that or try to make some sort of decision about how that you can try to be present and where you are right now. So that 10 years down the road, you don't go, Oh, I missed my Mm twenties. Twenties, twenties can be a real good time. Mm -hmm. I know. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. I can tell you for me personally, it just keeps getting better. You know, I, I used to, I'll just tell you. So I was born in 1970. So I remember thinking, my gosh, when in the year 2000, like I was going to be 30 and that was so old. And now I'm like, "Ah, it's 2022. Um, But I, for me personally, it has just kept getting better. I think because, because you learn to, you learn what's important. You learn to let go of things, you know, um, and stay true to the things that are valuable to you and that, you know, that add, add some things to the holes that we have in our lives. So yeah. I've enjoyed getting older, so I hope that it that it is a is a good journey for you as well. So. Um, the last thing I just wanted to talk, I, I am just amazed at how your dad taught you so much more, um, so much about grief in your 11 short years with him, especially from a dad. That's remarkable. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that I mean he did he definitely held a lot of his emotions close to his chest and I think I learned that from him too to keep a lot of stuff in but I think I'm going to be similar with my kids is I think he just wanted us to know his dad and his brother so he would just tell us stories about them or what they were like I know that his brother actually wrote a letter to his son just complete talking about our grandpa he told us his life story and I get to read that now too and just know about my grandpa 
my grandpa actually lost his dad when he was, um, I think seven in a motorcycle accident. So it's, it's almost like a curse going through my family, but I'm thankful that they have experienced that. So they kind of knew how to teach us about those things because I'm going to be the same way with my kids. I'm going to tell them all about my dad now. So they know who their grandpa was. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is such a great, um, a great way to do it. Um, Amber was on the podcast recently and she wrote a book, If Grandma Were Here. And because her, her mom and her grandmother are gone, but she talks about them so much that on Mother's Day, they went to visit her grandmother's grave and her daughter said, I miss Nana so much. She's never met Nana. Wow. But be, because Amber has spent so much time to, sharing stories about them to her kids. She feels like she knows her. I thought, oh, isn't that, you know, that's so inspiring to think that we can still keep them alive through memories and, and have our children feel like they know them because we've talked about them. It really is. Yeah. And now I'm happy that I have those things because one, it's nice to just know about my, my grandpa and my uncle but also it's nice to know what to do when I'm older. It's like a little guidebook on what to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you certainly have an amazing story at the ripe old age of 19, Sadie. Um, before we started recording, I told Sadie that I, I'm sorry that she's part of the club and that she's here, but Wow, you really, um, I think you're giving people a lot to think about and to um, think about how we treat children who are experiencing grief or, um, and preparing children for knowing how to, you know, maybe anticipate loss or to know that bad things are, you know, can happen so that they are a little bit prepared because like you said, it will happen. Everyone will experience grief at some point in time. And even though we like to act like it doesn't happen, it does happen. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm excited to see where your journey goes, Sadie, because I think, hmm, I think you have, I think you have a lot of wisdom to offer. Thank you. I yeah. do want to, I think, do something in the grief area as I get older um, I have some ideas what I what I want to do but I don't think that there will be a day where I won't be doing something to try to help other kids who have lost a parent or brother anyone because it impacted me so much and I know that if I just had a little bit more support it would have been a lot easier on me so yeah, be interested to know and you keep us in the loop if you have an update. You know, I'm always I plan on doing this podcast for a while. So love to have people back for updates and things like that. So um, I usually finish if there is some sort of final tip or some last thought that you want to leave with the listeners today. Do you have something that you'd like to share? I would probably just say don't bury your emotions because it's just going to make things harder in the long run. And people do want to hear your story and they want to know how, how you're doing. And if you're, they want to hear about the person you've lost. And even if it's not talking about how 
sad it is that you lost them if they're just talking about stories about them alive people do want to hear that stuff and even if you feel like you have nobody to talk to because I know I felt that way journaling helps me a lot or even finding a grief group or a counselor or going on Instagram and finding there's so many grief Instagram accounts I follow so many and just relating to other people and then putting into words how I feel has helped me so much because like I said nobody in my close inner circle has gone through something like that and so yeah just don't bury your emotions and talk about it that's what I would say well it makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense well thanks so much for being here today Sadie I really appreciate you sharing your story thank you so much for having me If you liked this episode or you are a fan of the show, the best way to support it is to share it on social media and with your family and friends. For more of my thoughts on the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. As always, remember, we can use grace, grit, and gratitude to grow with our grief.